I used to tell my students all the time, you know, you, you'll go buy Michael Kors, you'll go buy Nike, you know, you'll, you'll pay for that stuff and you never ever question what it costs, right? But when it comes to something that, that is going to benefit you, be that internally, emotionally, spiritually, why do you cheat yourself? Hey you guys, thanks for tuning in to Success On Demand today. I am your host, D Lake, and we have a special guest on the show today. And I'll go ahead and jump right into this interview so you can learn more about why they're on the show. All right, you guys, and we are back with another podcast, and we have someone in our guest chair, someone who is very special to me. Um, the way that we met is very crazy, but we'll get into that later. Um, we have Dr. Chester in the guest chair today, and I'm just going to give her a few seconds to introduce herself before we jump right into the interview. Hello, Dee. Thank you for having me this afternoon. I am Dr. Melissa Chester. I have the privilege of serving as the co-founder of Black Educators Rock, as well as the acting chief executive officer at this time. Um, just finished up our Rock conference that happened this past weekend, and I'm, I'm honored and privileged to be here with you today. Awesome. Thank you so, 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 so much for coming. Um, I knew that I wanted to get you on the show, but I just wanted to make sure that once I did, I had all my questions and stuff together because there's so many questions that I have for, you know, how Black Educators Rock started because it is really, really, really a force right now, especially in education. And um, the first question that I have for you is, what is Black Educators Rock for someone who isn't familiar with the organization? Okay, so Black Educators Rock, um, first I have to talk about its inception. Um, it started via a Facebook group. I have a former student, um, Roosevelt Kaiser, finally known as Kaiser, who um, about two summers ago, summer, it was around July 2015, decided he wanted to create a Facebook group for educators, um, Black educators, you know, just to come together and, and share some ideas, you know, uplift each other, encourage each other. And so he started this Facebook group, and the Facebook group, literally grew to over 100,000 black educators in less than 90 days. Um, he decided that he wanted to make it a nonprofit. We both, we talked about it a little bit and decided that, you know what, we got to do something. This has to be more than just a Facebook group, right? The, the, the growth of it is organic. And so we set about making it a nonprofit. And so in October of 2015, we opened the doors for the nonprofit and then started membership January 2016. So our inaugural membership for the actual nonprofit organization started in January um, of 2016. And it is just that it's a, it's a, what we do is we try to, we encourage, inspire and empower educators through per professional development. We have annual conferences, we have resources for educators as well as resources for um, our minority students. So from what I understand, you said that you guys reached over 100,000 followers just in those first few months? Yep, 90 days. Like literally one day when he woke up the next day, it was a, there were 1,000. And the number just kept, it just kept growing. Um, it didn't stop. It, like I said, 90 days, there were over 100,000. Currently, we have about 153,500 members and steadily growing each day. So that's the main page, um, the Black Educators Rock. And then we have a lot of, 
we have a lot of sub pages. We have our state pages. Some have 2,000, 3,000. Some have a few hundred, depending on the sizes of the state. And then we also have like um, special interests. We have, you know, subject area. We have a Black Educated Rock um, prayer group. We have a Black Educated Rock book club. So there are a plethora of groups that are available to you on Facebook. But we're, our motto is that we're more than just a Facebook group. We want people to understand that we are a viable, breathing, living nonprofit who is um, aiming to, like you said, just transform education. Oh my gosh. And you just really um, told me a lot that I didn't know about the organization. Um, I thought that there was only one Facebook group, but the fact that you guys have so many just to really get into those niches and the education, you know, field, it's really exciting for me because I know that, um, you know, there are teachers in specific subjects who may want to talk to other teachers who are in that same subject and get ideas and, you know, network with each other. So I think that's really, really cool. And a question that I had for you when you were mentioning that you guys increased in followers so quickly, did you guys do anything special to do that or was it organic? Okay, so it was organic. So the, the deal was, okay, so I'm going to invite you. If you're an educator, you're my educator, my colleague or my friend, I invite you and you invite 20 of your friends. So the Ooh. deal was invite 20. So once you're invited, you invite 20. And once you're invited, you invite you invite 20. And it just, it grew from that way. That's the way in which it grew. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And that's so simple, especially for something that before Black Ed Educators Rock hadn't existed yet. Um, it was a really cool way to just get people to organically share the word with other teachers who may be interested in joining. So that was a, a good idea on you all's behalf. And I think that that'll... Um, preach to some of the other new business owners or, you know, new organization owners to just get creative with how you get people to come and be a part of what you're doing and how to get people to support because that really worked well for you guys. Exactly. The other thing that I wanted to ask you and you kind of already answered it already as far as um, your student coming to you and sharing the idea about you, um, the idea with you. But um, what were your thoughts initially when he came to you with that idea? Um, where, did you think that it would be this big? Were you afraid? Um, what were your initial thoughts when he came to you with the idea? Um, no, um, I've worked with another, I've worked with a professional athlete. I'm here in Jacksonville, Donovan Darius Foundation, helped him set up his foundation, his nonprofit. So that's something that I have a little, little um, experience with. I've helped um, a friend of mine in Tallahassee, Pastor Greg James that has his own nonprofit. So it's something that I've been doing for a little while. Um, my only concern was that it be more than just a Facebook group. Um, you know, when it comes to something, when it starts social, just trying to move away from that social aspect. And so as an organization, we're only about 18 months old um, as an organization. Wow. Um, and we've already had two conferences. I was so just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you were at the second one and you saw... You saw for yourself what the potential can and will be Man, with this organization. That thing, and you know what? We're I'm gonna pause on the questions because I just want to give everybody a background on how I know you and how that event really changed me, just in general. Um, so, you guys, I met Dr. Chester. I want to say it was like maybe two years ago. I don't even think it was that yet, but um, I was coordinating a, a modeling show for a um, for a hair shop. They do like locks and all kinds of natural hair. And she was one of the models. And I always used to be like, you know, Dr. Chester, 
she is so pretty. She needs to just go ahead and just, you know, walk the runway and get it over with because we know that she's going to kill it, you know? And we, we went through a lot of different things. We we taught each other different things. And the show ended up to be a success, but I had her number and everything. Even after that, I had just never gotten a chance to talk to her. So um, more recently, one of my cousins reached out to me to ask me if I could help out with the podcast at a big event that she's doing. And I hadn't even really told anyone that I was even doing a podcast yet, but you just see how God works. He'll put you in where you fit in. So um, <laughs> she says, I'm going to give your information um, to the, the CEO, the person who's over this event, the organization. And lo and behold, Dr. Chester is the one who calls me. <laughs> and when I got the message, she said, "Is if this is the Diara Lake that I know, then um, I, I don't remember what she said, but it just let me know right then that um, when you set out to do something, when you meet people, even if it doesn't happen right then, you'll always get to the point where everything comes together and it works out for good. And, you know, I end up doing the event and that event, Dr. Chester, I don't know what you guys got in the water over there. I don't know how you guys found those amazing keynote speakers that you brought, but some of those, well, not even some of those, all of those people really touched me, even though I'm not an educator. They really just, um, put me in the mindset that I needed to be in in order to be successful as a person. Um, they really spoke to um, like who I am deep down in the inside and more less than just what I am superficially and who I am as far as what I do. They really just helped me as a person. And I wanted to thank you for having that event because people don't even know what they're in for <laughs> when they come to one of the Black Educator Rock, Black Educators Rock conferences and you guys really did a good job with that event. Thank you. And like you said, the, the, the awesome thing about it is that while it is for educators, anybody can benefit from it because, you know, we're coming from that very um, Afrocentric, just about us. It's just really, really just about, you know, understanding us being culturally relevant and understanding that, you know, mm -hmm. it's okay that we're different from mainstream society. And, and, and embracing that, you know, embracing our Africanness, embracing who we are, embracing our babies and understanding that, you know, that they are, they do learn differently, but that they are all great and that we can bring that out. My whole goal for the conference was all about teachers pour out, educators pour out all year long. They pour, pour, pour out, pour out. No one pours into them. Mm -hmm. Yes, they have professional development. But my goal was to add the affective component, you know, that yes. that emotional component to it, because if we know they know their 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 subject matter, you know, we can, we know that because they they pass exams, they they got a college degree in it, they had to be certified in whatever state they're in. But who comes back and pours into them affectively? Who motivates them? Um, from the conference last year, we had an educator to go back. Um, to her to her school and win teacher of the year she won she won teacher of the year and she credited that to black educators rock she wow. said that you know if it weren't for that conference i would not i went back a, a new person um this year we had a few teachers um teacher of the years teachers of the year to be there and they're already just excited about what they're going to do and how they're saying i'm winning it again this year because i'm I'm renewed. I'm, I'm refreshed. And like you said, just for them to be able to, the one thing D that I didn't realize was so powerful about this, con this conference was that 
there are so many educators who are the only ones in their buildings, in their schools, in their districts. Yes. And they were just so excited to be around like-minded people and not have to explain why and not try to yes. defend the entire race. Oh, and my gosh. And those sentiments that I was getting over and over again. I never even yes. thought about it from that aspect. It was about the students being able to get a better product in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that we know is that nobody, nobody is more important than the educator. You know, we talk that noise, but educators, educators um, spend more time with children a lot of times than parents. Yes. Hours more. Yeah. 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 And so they're the ones that we need to have, you know, um, doing that, you know, talking to them, talking to them and making sure that their, their mindsets are on right. Um, And so, you know, there are so many people who who cried that weekend because they realized that they had been failing their students as well as, you know, not not standing up to their potential. The great educator they are, they are destined to be. And I'm so happy that you said that word emotional. That event was so emotional. There was so many people like you could feel the the how open everyone's hearts were in the room you could tell that people had come there even if they even if they didn't come there with the intention of improving as a person there was just a certain way of the event of making you look at yourself and say what am i doing how am i um treating my students even though i don't have students but it made me feel like how am i treating my customers how am I treating my listeners? How am I treating my associates or my partners? It really made you just look deep down and figure out how you can be better. And really to not uh, fix the symptoms, but more so fix what the actual issue is exactly. so that you can actually get better every year. And I, like I told you before I left, I will be back. Oh, you definitely <laughs> will. Like you said, God doesn't make any mistakes. Everything, like last year, our conference was great. Like we had some people who came last year and came back this year. They were like, Doc, it was good last year, but it was a whole nother level this year. I mean, God allowed us to meet you for the podcast. We had the webinar. And I know that, like I told you, my plan is to have you in our partnership. I want you to, I want you to interview entrepreneurs. I want you to talk to some of those keynotes. And, and you know, we, it, it has to be, um, while it's about education, we're about to impact our, our communities financially. Um, you know, just all, in, in every wow. aspect because it, it's, it's time, you know. If not now, when? You know, if not us, then who? Yeah. So we have to do it. Oh, yes. I was hoping you said it. <laughs> definitely. And it's well overdue. That's how I know that it's it's definitely time. And, and I'm excited about it. And you know what? I could, I could really spend this whole podcast talking about the Black Educators Rock Conference. And I'm going to, you know, put a little excerpt under the, the bio of this podcast just to give people more of a background, maybe give them some links to check out how the year before was and how this year was just so they can awesome. feel what we feel. Um, but okay. I have another question for you. I know you said um, that you had helped out with a few other foundations before. I wanted to know, had you had any um, training to know the information that you know as far as um, what helps a foundation, what things need to happen in order for it to be successful? Like, how did you get all of that knowledge to be able to uh, be a positive influence when it comes to a foundation and creating one? 
Um, honestly, I have not. I would have to say it was on the job training. I, I kept telling myself, like, um, like she says, I, like, like D calls me doc. I am a college professor by training, so I've taught on the collegiate level for ooh over twenty years. But um, when I say it that way, I know I'm like, ooh, I've been, I've been <laughs> in the game for a little bit now. Oh, um, <laughs> but it was really on the job training. I started in the the mid nineties, just just helping a, a colleague, just helping a friend with it. And it's just, um, I'm an avid learner. I'm somebody that I, I'll pick up a book and I'll, and I'll go online and I'll research and I'll find things out. And so I don't have any formal training. I keep saying I'm going to go and grab this. Um, they have a nonprofit certification that they do here in Jacksonville at the University of North Florida. It costs about $5,000. I keep saying I'm going to go and get it. I haven't yet. Everybody's like, what's well, for you? already doing everything. But I'm like, oh, sometimes people like to see, you know, that was the reason that I got my doctor. People like, people like degrees. People like to, you know, that's how people validate others, you know, is it, are those mm-hmm. types of things. But it really was, D, it was just OJT. It was on-the-job training. I mean, when it comes to Black Educated Rock, Donovan Darius Foundation, some others, I mean, I wrote the um, mission statement. I wrote the you know, whatever the motto is, I, I helped come up with the colors. It was just a little bit of everything. And so um, just just understanding the biggest thing is understanding your goal. You know, I tell my students all the time, I tell them that you got to have your goal, your ghost, which stands for goals, objectives, strategies, and tactics. If you have those four things, mm-hmm. if you do your ghost, we call it a ghost when we do it in management and sport management or marketing, um, Everything else will fall into place. But you have to know what are your overarching goals. You have to know how you reach those goals through your objectives. To reach those objectives, you have strategies. And through strategies, you have tactics. And so um, it's just something that you just, you know, that like I said, for me, it's been pretty innate. It's been just on-the-job training. Oh, my gosh. And even though uh, you haven't done that certification yet, I know that that's an investment. How important do you think investing into yourself is when you decide to create a foundation or a business or a brand? Oh my God, that is a, that is one of the most important questions that you could ask. Um, as we know, as a as a as a people first, and then as a gender, women, black women, we probably are the people that invest the least in ourselves. We mm-hmm. pour into everyone else except ourselves. But I mean, investing in yourself is 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 is, is mandatory, right? Um, you right. can't expect someone else to want something more than you do for yourself. You can't expect somebody to treat you better than you're going to treat yourself. You know, we look mm-hmm. at those things. We look for people to treat us better than we treat ourselves. And that's just, honestly, it's asinine. That, that makes no sense. And so you, if you don't believe that you're worth it, why should someone else believe it? That is so true. Oh, my gosh, that is so true. That's the best answer that you could have given for that question because even now when I speak to different business owners and I consult people on their business I'll go and I'll say hey you know you should invest in um, this advertising because this is going to get you customers outside of your range and the first thing that people say is you know not how will it help me but um, you know how much does it cost or that costs too much money or whatever the case may be instead of saying you know at this time I can't afford that But do you have any other options for me? Because I would like to make that kind of investment. I just don't have that right now. Right. And I think that it's it's really important for us to really just sit down and see that investments are what are going to keep us changing and rebranding ourselves for years to come so that we can keep up with this changing world. 
because it changes all the time. And it's really about prioritization, D. You know, it's where we place our priorities. I used to tell my students all the time, you know, you'll go buy Michael Kors, you'll go buy Nike, you know, you'll you'll pay for that stuff and you never ever question what it costs, right? Um, But when it comes to something that, that is going to benefit you, be that internally, emotionally, spiritually, why do you cheat yourself? How can you, I tell them all the time, how can you wear Nike, but you won't eat Nike or you won't, you won't feed yourself Nike? How much sense does that make? Ooh. You put it on the outside, but you're not putting it on the yeah, inside. You're so not true. putting it in you spiritually or into whatever your business endeavors are. It's just, it's, um, it's that we have to, we have to reshift our mindsets. It's all about mindset. And that's something that, um, um, at my other company, you know, my other life that I do real estate, you know, that's something that we really, really believe in. We have these five platforms of success. And mindset is number one. The first thing we have to do is shift that mindset. Oh, my gosh. I'm just learning so much stuff about you. You're in real estate as well? I am. I'm a real estate instructor. So I I am a licensed real estate instructor for the state of Florida, as well as I am a licensed real estate in the state of Florida. So, yes. Oh, Lord. See, I'm going to have (laughs) to speak to you about that. See? And that's why it didn't work out for me last year when I was trying to learn more about that. Because God said, no, I I need you to to get this information from someone else. So I'll speak to you about that later. But um, (laughs) I learned at the event that your network is very vast. There's a, a lot of people who you touch and who you're able to reach out to and who you're able to um, really just share what your goals are with and have them decide that they want to be a part of it. And because they trust you, they'll do it. And um, one of the biggest things for small business owners and even brand creators is that they're like, well, how do I, you know, grow my network? How can I meet more people? You know, what do I need to do? And I just wanted to ask you, what's some advice that you would give someone who feels like they just need to get into more spaces they need to get into more industries and meet more people and that is something else that i feel that we as a people we do very poorly um for one the first thing about networking is understanding what it is and what it isn't Um, networking is just not about knowing who the people are who have money i used to tell my students that when i was in when i was in teaching college i would ask them do you know who the most important person is um on a college campus you know the president and it's not it's the secretary Right. It's the secretaries of the departments because those are the people. It's the janitors. It's the people who you don't ever think of because they know everything about the organization. They know everything about the individuals. Right. It's a you know, you have to be a you can't be a respect person. It's like one thing is that we try to quantify networking by, oh, a person's net worth. But you, that, that it's, it's far more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been fortunate because of um, I would say that because. I've poured into a lot of people, so now people don't mind pouring back into me, um, and and that's on all levels of the, of, wow. the of the hierarchy. You know, be that be that a, a, a secretary, be that the president, whoever it is. I've poured into a lot of people because I understand that at the end of the day, the person that you think could, the person that you would at least expect that would be the one that gives you the biggest platform. Oh my god, that would be the one that could give you your biggest lift. Thank you for that, because I think that that question that you started your whole answer off with, who do you think the most important person at the school is? A lot of people would say the president or the chair of this major or whatever the case may be, but we don't sit down and think, you know, who is the person who actually has those connections with the people who you need to talk to? 
you know, who actually exactly. can tell you how to get in touch with them. And you, you just opened my eyes to that because mm-hmm. though I feel like I'm pretty good as far as networking, there's always room for improvement. And I think that that'll really change the way that I reach out to people. So I thank you for that answer. Thank you. And um, you work a lot especially with what you just told me as far as being in real estate as well, because I didn't know that you had so many different avenues. So this question just came to me and I wanted to know, how do you um, rejuvenate yourself? How do you hit reset? How do you actually um, get yourself to the point where you say, you know what, I'm ready to go ahead and tackle my day now. What do you do to really give yourself that time? Oh, that is a great question. Um, for me, I think I'm a little unique. That you know, I, I learned something about myself a long time ago. I learned that I find value in productivity, and so I have to be productive. If I'm not productive, I feel like I feel less than. And that productivity can be, you know, however it is, cleaning up my house, um, working like you said in real estate or whatever it is. But I found out that I have to be productive. And so, how do I rejuvenate? Is you know, Eric Thomas said something. And it was powerful. He said, you know, you don't sleep when you're tired. You sleep when you're done. And so what I learned is, you know, accomplish your tasks. You know, the reason that people stay tired a lot is because they drag out stuff. And so what I do is I I accomplish my tasks so that when I have that downtime, it is literally downtime. So it's not that I'm thinking about something else. Right. I'm not I'm not down. I'm not trying to read this book and like, oh, I need to I shouldn't be reading this book in two hours. I know I need to do ABC. So I I do it by just making sure that all my tasks are completed. And then um, I'm simple. You know, I I find joy in just spending time. Believe it or not, I have two little ones. You know that I have a five and a six year old. I have two little boys. And so my (laughs) my downtime is just laughing at them and watching them at the pool or ride their bikes. And it's as simple as that for me. Wow. So that family time, family time is important for me too. And I knew at some point we were going to talk about that because I know that's something where we're similar. We just never discussed it, but I know how you talk about your sons. And from the moment I met you, I knew that you had two sons. There's some people you meet and you don't know till two <laughs> years down the line that they got kids. <laughs> You're like, when did, I, when did you have kids? And they'd be 13. So I, I knew that you, you know, you really cherished your family and that's, that's amazing to know about you. Um, what are your plans for Black Educators Rock? Like, how how are you going to take it up a notch? What's what's the next big thing that you'd like to do with the organization? So, like you like you experienced, you know, there were some powerful there were some powerful transformative educators in the room. There was a young man from Detroit who is has the top fortieth school. He's in the top forty schools in the country, in the world. Not not just in the country. Wow. I'm sorry, in the world. Um, we had Dr. Chika Akua who who teaches about cultural relevancy. Um, our next steps are to strategically align ourselves with some certain partners so that members in our organization. Like any aspect that they think they need to have a resource in, be it, okay, I need a speaker to come talk to my kids about this. Um, we have a tour company that helps you raise money when you expose your babies. The more you expose your babies, you raise money for your classroom and for your school. Um, we're going oh. to have, we're going to have um, 
referral as it relates to businesses you know real estate is going to be the first one we start so you know as an educator we again trying to get our dollars to come back and circulate back into our community as a teacher as an educator you're going to be able to go to the black educators rock realtor network just we're going when i tell you and we're going to eventually have schools black educators rock will eventually have schools because if anybody who is in education understands they're going to defund public education in the very near future all monies are going to go towards charter and private schools and when they get ready to do that we're going to be ready to get some of that money with our own schools to educate our own babies. And that is amazing because one thing that I was shocked at, for one, is how much Black excellence was in the building at that conference. And the second thing that I was amazed at is um, some of the innovative ways that people are educating, uh, people at that event were educating their students. Because even when I saw the... Um, the four-year-old baby and he was able to read like mediocre and like all kinds mm -hmm. of words mm -hmm. that aren't even close to being on his grade level um and and do it confidently too that really just gave me hope for our education system because you know there like you guys said at the event there are a lot of things that need to improve um not just because we want to have the best schools but because we want to create the best individuals right. and have them be confident in their learning and how intelligent they are and you guys really gave me hope for that just being at the conference thank you and that's what it's about for our educators because they do they lose hope because they get beat up they get beat up by parents they get beat up by administration they get beat up by the legislature you know by, by politics you know they they do they get they get beat up and they have to we have to remind them that you do matter that you're important that this fight could not even exist if it were not for you and so um we're just excited about helping them to realize that you know they do have some some phenomenal students, you know, that they're, they're literally clay. And we just need for them to realize that they're the potter, you know, that you can develop this into whatever you want to, no matter what we, we're not, we're going to take away some of those external factors. We're just going to concentrate on what goes on in our classroom. And we're going to be cognizant, you know, like we said, of the cultural differences, you know, we do have to remember that, you know, little Johnny may not eat in the morning. You know, we cannot forget that. And so mm -hmm. those are the things that I think Black Educators Rock is about. It's, it's bringing that that village aspect back into the classroom as well. You know, it takes the village. We we know that that's when we're most successful is when we collectively pour into yes. each other. And so, you know, when you were there, it was like a family reunion. Yeah. It was oh like nobody had ever met a stranger. It was like you took all, like, the words back together again. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like a, a few minutes ago, I was just going to say it was like a family reunion when I walked in the building. <laughs> and, I had so many aunties in that None of us knew each other, right. None of us really knew each other. But that is who we are as a people. And we've allowed people to get us away from that. And once we come yes. back to that and we work through that, we're going to be fine. We're going to be yes. fine. Our babies are going to be fine. Oh, my gosh. And that makes me so excited. And... Um, since we're talking about that, that conference was very well funded, okay? We had lunch, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know, we turned around and had the mixer. And then the next day we had lunch and dinner. And then even just everybody staying in the same hotel and being able to, you know, talk with each other. And one thing that people don't really think about is where those funds come from, how that happens when an organization or a foundation is new. And the question that I have for you, um, 
just to debunk one of the myths that people have that is that when you start a business, you can get a big loan and you'll just have all of this money sitting away somewhere or whatever the case may be. I just wanted to ask you, is that the case? Is it something where money just falls out of the sky or do, do people have to make sacrifices in order to make events and organizations like this happen? And, and you said it. People that's um, people are, like she said, the one thing about it is you quality is what, what we're going to always aim for. And um, D knows because D is close to me, but that, or, that conference was great because myself and the other board member, we financially poured into the organization. Um, as we know, educators don't make a lot of money and we've already established in this in this interview earlier that people in general don't invest in themselves so while we have 153,000 educators we didn't have a hundred to come and pay for the conference if we just be completely honest Um, and so a lot of that came from um, us financially pouring into the organization um, because we do understand that you know it it will be great Um, we're not worried about that part once we once people realize what we have and we start, you know, su- supporting the organization, it will be great. But I can say that, no, money does not fall out of the sky. And in order to even when you're talking about grants and those types of things, people still want to see, OK, what have you done? You're telling me this organization is great, but, you know, they, they, there's something mm-hmm. called matching funds. Or, and sometimes they want to see that you've been in business and you've done some things yourself before you're asking them for dollars. And so, you know, be that be that nonprofit or for profit. Yes. People need to understand when you're trying to come into a business, no matter which type it is, you are going to have to sow into your own organization. Again, going back to that, how do you want me to believe in something yes. more than you believe into it and believe in it? That makes no sense. You want me to loan you thirty thousand dollars, but you're not willing to put in three hundred oh, in your goodness. own organization, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's the oh yes. Thank you for that answer, because I I tell people all the time, you can't always depend on one, it taking off from the jump, even if it's an amazing world changing idea like Black Educators Rock. People aren't always going to see it when you see it. So you have to wait for that. And in the meantime, you have to have some kind of backup plan, some kind of strategic plan on how you're going to make it happen until those funds become available to you. And you guys are a great example of that because that event, it was amazing. And and you could tell that a lot of time, energy and money went into it. And, you know, it was well invested. So um, that was some good advice that you gave us. And to end off the interview, I want to ask you um, two of what I call my hot topic questions. Um, The first one is as far as advertising. What do you guys do to advertise and how do you get the word out about Black Educators Rock? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that. And here's something that people have to understand. To make money, you have to spend money, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that we have to understand. Um, initially, how we were um, advertising, which I was never a fan of, when there were more board members, I was outvoted, so I had to go with it. It was <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. And to me, that's not enough. Facebook is not enough. And so what we've started doing lately um, are things like um, e-blasts. Um, we're, we're, I'm getting ready um, to um, contract this marketing person um, that is going to help us to get into newspapers. And he's going to be helping me um, do interviews with these different TV shows. And so you have to spend money because for whatever reason, like Dee said, no matter how great your product is, people want to say, oh, I, I read that somewhere. Oh, I saw him or her there. They don't, they, they won't just go 
on it based on your word, based on even if they experience it, sometimes they still need that validity. Mm -hmm. And so you do, every organization should have, it doesn't have to be huge, but you do have to have some type of advertising budget. And you need to bring in people who have expertise in that. Don't think that you can handle that on your own. That was the mistake that we made is that, you know, my board members, they all just wanted to just, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna promote it on Facebook. We're gonna promote posts through Facebook. That is not enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And that I'm happy that I asked you that question, other than the question that I was going to ask you as far as um, how you felt about promoting on social media. Because one big thing that um, I'm pushing to people now, and I'm going to do a podcast on it, is that social media should just be a vehicle yes. for you to get to where you're trying to get with your business. It shouldn't be the, you know, end all be yes. all. Because at the end of the day, we don't own Facebook. Exactly. We don't own Instagram. We don't own any of this stuff. And any day, they could decide to change everything around. And you don't want to not be ready for that. You don't want to be solely depending on something that is not yours. So um, thank you for what you just said. Because Facebook advertising can be good and it, it is very good. But um, it should just be a tool well, exactly. that's being used. Yes. And you should have you know, the things that you're talking about using as far as um, hiring the marketing manager and the e-blast, that those are all great ideas. And I hope that other business owners um, pick up on those as well. Yes, it's like you said. Yeah, you made great points about that. Yes. Um, the last question that I was going to ask you is who is Dr. C without the business? Like, who are you when you take away Black Educators Rock, your real estate, um, you know, training that you offer. Um, who are oh. you at the at the root of everything? I am a little black girl from. I am Melissa from Soul City Projects in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, <laughs> at the root of it all, that is who I am. Um, that is who fuels me. It's it's my upbringing, my what I went through in life. The um, and I'm going to tell my story one day. But all the obstacles that I overcame is who and what I am. So I'm, I'm just I'm just a, a girl from the projects that um that always said and always promised herself that she would make this world a better place because I always believe that if you're not a part of the solution, then you're a part of the problem. I never believe in just oh. complaining, complaining, complaining. Because what are you doing about it? We can all talk about what's right. wrong, but if you're not a part of the solution, then you're actually a part of this problem. You can't, you're not in the middle. There's no gray with that, in my opinion. Yes. And I'm happy that that's at the root of who you are because it shows. It shows in what you do and who you are and, you know, how discreet you are, but then how open you can be in other areas. Um, and I, I think that it always um, just leaves something to the imagination and always makes you expect more just from you as an individual because you know that something bigger is always coming. You know that you can expect something great to come and that just shows with um, who you are at the root. So thank you. Thank you. That's at, me, at the root. I am a giver. I am just I'm a person that, that I, I thoroughly enjoy giving and I thoroughly enjoy producing, like I say, being pro productive. So that would be who I would say I was beyond everything else. Thank you so, 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 so much for coming on the show today. I, I could talk to you forever, but I just wanted to make sure that people knew why everyone just loves you so much <laughs> and why we support you 
and you know why we're just looking forward to what's to come in the future and and why we don't mind helping you know because it's it's not every day that people just want to be a part of something right you know they want to be a part of something that they think is going to be great and you're a big part of why black educators rock is so important right now so i i just want to thank you for coming on this show and i would like you to go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you as far as your um, facebook the instagram if you all have one um and just give them the opportunity to follow you Okay, so um, on Facebook, it is Black Educators Rock. Um, on the Facebook, that is the group. We are, we also have a website, which is, you can check out the conference at rockconference.org. You can check out the organization at www.blackeducatorsrockinc.com. And our Twitter is Black Ed Rocks. And so is our Instagram. And so we are on all those areas and we look forward to um, you guys reaching out to us. If you, if there's anything that we can assist you with, is there anything that I can help you with? You can also email us at info at black educators, rock com. So that's I N F O at black educators with an S rock com. Yes. Awesome. I'm so happy you said that because I, I feel like after people listen to this podcast, especially if they're an educator, they're going to have a lot of questions and they're going to want to know, you know, is there someone in my city? Because I know you guys have different um, like state reps and yes. stuff like that. And that's a that's really important, too, because my, my cousin, she's way in Georgia. She's a state rep for Georgia. That's right. You know, but she's able to she, she's able to affect people um, in Georgia as well as me here right. in Florida. You know, so I do think that that's very important. So we'll end the, the podcast on that note. You guys can check out the podcast at dlake.com. Um, you can find it on iTunes as well as the Google Play Store. It'll be at Success On Demand. And feel free to reach out to me through email as well if you have any questions about this interview or if you have any more questions for Dr. Chester. And thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time.